episode of the Slow Spin Society podcast. I'm Fabian and as always with Paul and today we'll be discussing dream bikes and dream builds. So for this episode we've asked uh, our listeners, so you, to send in your your dream bikes and builds and now we're going to discuss them. So this can range from a 15,000 euro track domain with customized wheels down to whatever kilo TT. You know, everyone has their own preferences. And yes, today we'll discuss all about your dream bikes, what is your ultimate bike goal. But if you want to listen to us discuss a little bit more about Microsoft buying Discord, the new Steam Remote Play Together, or even John Wick movies, without John Wick, then you should probably listen to the pre-show, which is in the extended version of the podcast. You can access this by pledging at any level on our Patreon, but we'll discuss more of that later. So let's get on to it. There's a lot like a lot of you actually answer the the question about what is your dream bike on my Instagram or on the website so we'll tackle a little bit into that today so to give this uh episode some structure because we receive a large amount of responses very diverse responses we structured them into various uh categories so to say and the first category will be about um yeah custom high exp- highly expensive bikes that can be bought today still easily yeah something that you can order and you will probably receive it like six months or a year later but at least you can order it right yeah so something that's out there and can be bought yeah so the first answer is by dr jones who told us any frame that would make myself to be honest and then yeah that's kind of a good answer i guess <laughs> That's a, yeah. That's I think that's a really really good answer because, like we we like to talk about how bikes, how people's bikes are part of their life and they they come with them during, yeah during like uh, life episodes or events whatever and you attach these memories and feelings and sentiments onto the bike right, and if you make a bike yourself, that's like the full package basically. Yeah, can, it's like all the the blood sweat and tears that went into it it's your bike it really is your bike that's yeah i think that's a cool cool dream bike to have in the end yeah if you already have some frame building experience 100 go for it because i think it's an awesome feeling to make your own bike i knew that rob that we had in episode three uh, from fix gear berlin he made a, f- um, a frame building course and he built his own bike and he's still riding it today and he loves it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like Paul said, you have some experience. I think it's a nice project to to take up. But definitely, if you don't have experience and you make a bike somehow, I, w- I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> so, yeah, be, be careful. Um, yeah, because there is like a certain amount of knowledge that goes into frame building on like the practical level. Like the fact that you need to know how to weld things together, but properly send it good all of this basically and there's a lot of patience involved i feel yeah but you also need some kind of technical knowledge about bike geometry because if you just weld some nice tubing together and you have like good welding knowledge and you do a really good job but you haven't looked at your bike geometry at all it's gonna ride like shit 100 percent. yeah so like geometry is then like a type of science basically and if you have a, yeah like you said if you have a great bike weld it together but it's not the right size it's gonna be like shit maybe for someone else it's gonna be good but not for you which is which is yeah <laughs> or maybe you're choice. just really lucky <laughs> yeah you're really lucky so of course making a dream bike yourself is not an option for for i think 99 percent of people out there listening or even in general because you have all of these startup costs you need all these tools a, a bike jig a welder all these different things but I think it's a, it's a cool goal to have if if you have a, a workshop near you you can visit and learn a bit yeah i think it's a really creative answer yeah all the tools though they, there's a lot of tools involved right even a jig like you can't make you can make it yourself but buying one is like super expensive i think yeah and so yeah 
Yeah, so if you have the chance to see a bike workshop near you, definitely go check it out. It's, it's probably really crazy. I've never done it, but and and if you're thinking bike workshop near me, there's none. You might be surprised. I searched around and there's a bunch in my area. Oh, well, not my area, but my country. And even though the Netherlands is known for cycling and everything, I was still surprised by how many options there were. So once COVID is is taken care of, who knows yeah. whenever that is, it, it might be cool for me to check it out. Definitely yeah. do that. Bike shops in your in your area, like single moms in your area, right? <laughs> Plenty yeah, of them. Like <laughs> all, all around me. They all want me to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I think even if you do your dream frame, if you have the knowledge and the material to make your dream frame yourself, you're probably going to make another one that will be your new dream frame, right? Because when you build one frame, you basically, you know, evolve, but you get more knowledgeable about everything yeah. that is frame building related and then you probably want to try new things right because 100% if you're making your frame yourself for the first time or any frame for the first time you'll make mistakes and then you'll learn from the mistakes and then you'll improve it on the second or third or fourth or whatever time making yeah. the frame yeah i think rob when he made his frame so it's a fixed year that he he tricks a lot on on it right and i think after a few a few months it cracked somewhere i think at a head tube and so he asked his teacher he was like oh yeah my frame cracked i don't know what to do blah blah because his head tube angle was i think too slack kind of mm. and so it was prone to cracking because there was a lot of force on one specific point right yeah and so yeah he asked his teacher and he was like oh no just like cut here and just reweld it back together and work fine. I mean, Rob can probably tell us uh, more about that the one day he comes back on the show. But yes, definitely like building something yourself, worth the shot, 100%. Yeah, you also get the satisfaction of having done something with your hands, whether it's yeah. a bike or a desk or whatever. I think it's, yeah. it's just a bonus then. And you, you, uh, when people ask you like, oh, that's sick frame, bro. Where where do you buy that? And you're like, oh, made it myself. My basement. Come, yeah. come find out. <laughs> <laughs> On a related note, another response we received is from a 25-year-old messenger from Paris who shall rename Nameless because we don't know his name yeah. or her name. <laughs> uh, they Their dream bike is a custom-made CFAC bike. So CFAC yeah. is... For those that don't know, I didn't know until like a year ago, CFAC is a bike manufacturer in France that make carbon or steel bikes. And yes. you, you may not know them because they used to, I think, yeah, you, you told me about this, Paul, so you might as well share it. But they used to make uh, bikes for other companies who then rebranded them, right? Yes, the I think like Peugeot's and Maxisport and other French brand asked CFAC to make frames. But that was frame that was reserved for like really, really high grade, high level athletes. So like world championship, Olympics, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, CFAC frames rebranded under anything really. Uh, actually, one person in our Discord server is working for CFAC right now as uh, I don't think he's an apprentice anymore. I think he's now full blown working at CFAC. Yeah, since like two years now, right? Yeah. Or and mm. I visited uh, CFAC once. So they make like steel frames and carbon fiber. And they also have like a gigantic paint booth. It was like, you know, the big, big ovens when you cook the paint, right? Yeah. They have like two or three of those. It's, it's really big, really massive. <laughs> um, and yeah, so of course you have like the, the steel part when all the welding takes place and all the sanding. And yeah, it's really, really nice. It's a really nice place. Full and, operation there. Yeah, full operation. And they also have like the carbon fiber, which looks like a surgery thing where everything is white and to get as little dust as possible into the room. Mm. Like sterile. Yeah, like sterile, yeah. And it's it's like super impressive how they put those layers of carbon fiber together. And yeah, I know Kang's only makes a steel bike for now. But yeah, he's he's working on some personal projects right now, and I think he's gonna he's gonna blow up pretty soon. Yeah, I've 
if 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 you don't know Kang, he's yeah, like you said, he he's in the Discord and he worked at CFAG and he also made his own gravel bike, and it looks fantastic. So CFAG, oh yeah, that thing looks great. Yeah, so chances are you might have seen a CFAG in the past, but they were rebranded under a different name. But it's a definitely a very cool dream bike to have because it's made in France and it's very high quality. Yes, you can order one today. Yeah, you can if you want. Yeah, as <laughs> long as you have price. the money along it. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, CFAC, like like I said, they only make steel and carbon uh, bikes right now. But there's another. Well, there's also aluminum, of course. But then they don't make that. But there's another material that lots of people are hyping up in the past few years for bikes, titanium. And titanium. It's from Wakanda. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it gives you special powers, extra what. Or so they say. No, but um, yeah, so people like to, it's a controversial whether titanium is better or stronger, lighter or stiffer than carbon, but it just looks really cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> the cool so, factor is definitely there. Yeah, so that's that's one thing that I think is undeniable. And one response we, we received is from a person whose dream bike is a little wing. So little wing is a track bike, titanium track bike made by number 22, a company or well, a workshop in Brooklyn, New York. And these bikes look fantastic, just not because of titanium, well, also because of titanium, but number 22 nails anodizing of titanium. Yeah. You told me why number 22 is, is like, oh, yeah, why so number it's... 22 is named number 22, right? Yeah, so it's kind of like a, like a cheeky name. I think it's a smart name. Uh, titanium is the, the 22nd element on the periodic table. And yeah, so they only make titanium titanium bikes frames like gravel road whatever and yeah everything's titanium so it's a perfect name for them it kind of remembers me when firefly uh, also a titanium manufacturer they did like titanium strows out of like old tubing yeah and they actually anodized them <laughs> so like detail all the way i think they even make like a titanium pump like hand pump yeah with with um silica probably i think yeah the, the company and yeah so anyway the the little wing is a perfect choice i think i th personally that is my dream bike as well it looks fantastic you can get anodized in single colors purple gold green blue or they can fade together even or they can have a like a like carbon black even but in recent times i think in the last few weeks they've gone up by a few hundred euros in price because of like the global shortage of titanium tubing steel tubing whatever like the bike market is insane right now. And normally I think the frame set goes for $3,000 or something. Which is already a fuck ton lot of money. Yeah. And now it's, I think, up to like 3600 And then, of course, you can pay extra for bottle cages anodized in the same color or perfectly custom size and everything. But yeah, definitely a dream. it's in that dream bike category where it's very expensive and it's nice to have. Yeah, and they like they're really really good what they're doing, right? So Definitely. there is no doubt that what they're making is super high quality. I feel like you definitely pay like a premium for the fact that it is it is handmade in Brooklyn. Yeah. But yeah, those are like beautiful bikes and my favorite by far is like when you have the fade anodizing that goes from blue to green or green to blue yeah it looks so cool it looks Very really clean. cool yeah so even though you might be able to get a waltley or whatever a, a titanium chinese frame set for a few hundred euros it's you're all you're it's not going to be the same quality or the yeah, same thing. completely different yeah so yeah i think it's a it's a good choice in the end and especially now as well maybe not that maybe not that applicable to most of you but they have their own number 22 has their own coupler system now it's super oh, yeah. clean. It's it looks super awesome. good looking. It, like it's a so couplers are allow you to take your bike apart and store it in a smaller suitcase even to travel or whatever. Yeah, while saying taking your bike apart, what Fabian's trying to say is like you can cut the top tube and down tube in two. Like you can separate in two, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you can take the frame itself in two parts. So normally you can just take the wheels off and then you've got the full frame. That's how normal bikes are. But with couplers, you can take the frame itself apart. And normally as well with couplers, you can see the coupler, the couplers on the outside, like the system. It's, you can notice it. 
but number 22 has designed a way where it's completely integrated. It's just, if it's together, it looks like a normal tube. Yeah, you would almost have no idea. It keeps like good rigidity too. Yeah. So yeah, that's like it's it's really cool. Well done. <laughs> not a thousand euros if you want that. <laughs> oh really? It's a one thousand euro option. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. They, did, they designed their own method and everything with like hydraulics and how to keep disc brakes disc brakes from um, not having to re bleed them after you put it together and everything. So it's oh, their own system. Oh, the, because there is internal lines, right? Yeah. If it's yeah. not a fixed gear, like they have a. The, they have the drifter that is the gravel bike, right? Yeah. And so this has disc brakes with internal routing. And then, oh, so when you separate, you need to separate the internal routing too. Huh. Yeah. And then the coupling, the, their coupler system makes it so that even though it's separated, you can, if you reattach them, you don't have to re-bleed the brakes, the disc, the disc brakes. So you can just put it together and, and ride out of the airport. Was like like a quick disconnect kind of kind of thing. Yeah, it's basically. I think it's like even like toolless. Or like you need like a small like a one or two Allen keys, and then you're good to go. That's crazy. So yeah, they can they designed it themselves. So I assume they can charge whatever they want. For yeah, it. I think Little Wing is part of those companies that's really really push the handmade cycling industry forward. Yeah. They're really like knocking out of the park every time they make something new. You can see basically at every Envy, you know, like those Envy competitions when uh, they make like the best possible looking bike with like the most details possible. And there is yeah. Envy everything on it. Or Chris King, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's the, um, the the US, I forgot what the, the bike show is called, the North American uh bike convention or something it's like n-a-s-h-b or something anyway it's like this big bikes convention where people these companies that bring out their best looking bike and um they can win awards for various categories and yeah and number 22 frequently wins some categories for having a best looking bike and i don't remember if it's them or firefly that made titanium fenders that were also anodized and they were like so good looking yeah <laughs> I, i'm not sure if it's and maybe they both make it, but number 22 sells titanium fenders for like another 600 bucks. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, that kind of items. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you consider the price of raw titanium and the amount of time that you need to actually work titanium, because it's such a hard metal to work with, right? Yeah. I guess, it, yeah, I guess you kind of have to put the price if you want titanium stuff. It's not your AliExpress titanium thing. No. Um, probably probably radioactive at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you get what you pay for to some extent. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a limit where you pay for the name and everything, but I think if you want a bike that literally is going to last a lifetime, as they say for titanium, I think it's a good option. Yeah. On the same page as... Uh, le, uh, number 22 uh, there is do you, you know bastion cycle right yeah in australia in australia so i think that's two guys they're both working for nasa and then they start making bikes and they have 3d printed titanium lugs with handmade carbon fiber tubing to put everything together and they just bond them with some special glue or whatever it looks so good. Those are so good looking bikes, but I think like a frame is 7K starting price. Like Australian dollars, right? Yeah, or... probably. Yeah, then it's more, yeah, it's really expensive, but I think they, des I, mean, I, would, I don't know if I can, I can't say if they deserve it or not, but it's, it's just really high quality stuff. So if yeah. you have the money, you wouldn't be wrong in spending it on the Bastion. I bike. mean, on one side, you buy a beautiful bike, but on the other side, you buy literally the concept of having 3D printed titanium lugs onto your frame, right? Yeah. So like the, the concept of that, but also like the, the years of training they've had in the like space engineering industry. Yeah. In the schooling. 100%. And the, so there is might... some really, really cool looking stuff out there. Definitely. Um, another response we received is from Ivan Udan, who said a custom-built TI frame, titanium frame. Yeah, so here you and, go. Yeah, so uh, although Little Wing, the Little Wing by number 22, I think is the only, or one of the few, I, I wouldn't say only, that's a 
yeah, too extreme, but one of the only uh, titanium track frames out there. Kokmo in, in Germany, they make their own titanium frame as well. But yeah. for road bikes, there are more options. For like geared bikes, there's, like you said, there's Firefly in the US as well. There's Stinner in California, I believe. They make he makes titanium. titanium too? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was only making steel. No, titanium as well. Wow. Not, it looks really good as well. Um, there's Curve in Australia. And yeah. then number 22, they also make other stuff. And there's more options. Yeah, there are more options in other countries and continents as well. But these are, these are just the ones that pop up. So they all come with their own. They're all in this, around the same price range, which is very fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, so very is light bike speed material. still making bikes? Sorry? Is Lightspeed still making bikes? Yes, yes. Lightspeed is also making bikes still. Titanium ones. Hell yeah. And those are like the OG ones, right? Yeah, like you have some old track frame uh, Lightspeeds that they all have a funky look, but yeah, some of them looks really good. And yeah, these are more affordable, I would say, than these tiny boutique companies uh, like Firefly and Little and Number 22. Yeah. But yeah, they're really cool still. All right, so that's pretty much it for today. No, just kidding. No, that's pretty much it for uh, the custom, the custom made bikes, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, what comes back is like I want something custom, either out of steel or titanium, but I want something that is tailored for me, and I do understand one hundred percent that could be a dream bike. Yeah. That one makes, like, without doubt, that one makes sense, right? Yeah. And so this is next one is one frame set that we put in its own category. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I can just keep talking about it. It's an iconic frame set. Everyone knows it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I'm not going to bullshit around. It's the Candale track. We received a lot of responses, a lot of responses about people who think, who, who have the Candale track as their dream bike, right? Yeah. Understandably so, though. Yeah. It's, it's a good-looking bike. Definitely. So Paul knows infinitely more than I do, but it comes in, like, in normally it comes in three different colors, I believe, green, blue, and uh, polished. I do believe in the end there are five different colors. Oh, okay. So you could buy green and blue as a complete bike. Polish yeah. was the only option to buy as a frame set. And then in the last year of production, you had, like, a lighter blue, uh, like a sky blue kind of thing. And you had Viper Red uh, in the last year of production. I think it was 95. Okay. But yeah, so, so I think five total colors, but the most popular being the blue and the green one, I guess. Yeah. So I think the, the Arctic blue is the most, yeah, recognizable color for the Candle track. It's like the iconic color for it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great frame. It, it, frame set. It's very light. It's really thin aluminum. It's from when Candale was... Uh, competing with Klein, right? Yeah, we could have an entire episode about yeah, that because there's deal. a lot of history behind like Cannondale's oversized tubing and the Cannondale track in general, right? The yeah. fact that at some point the Cannondale track was like the revolution in terms of power transfer. You, you're transferring the power from your legs to your pedal to your drivetrain and that thing just felt superior to a lot of track bikes, a lot of other track bikes at the time. So yeah, you could we could talk a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one, this frame set has it's also a historical piece. I think it's, it's from 1992, 1993, up to 95 until last year, right? And Maybe yeah. Yeah, and so nowadays, I mean, I th it's a great frame set, but nowadays it's it's really expensive and not and difficult to get in the right size for you, for yeah. people. So I think it goes up to like two thousand euros for the frame set, which is. Which is nuts, but that's a yeah. lot of money for for nineties. That's that's what haters are gonna say though. I'm not gonna pay two k for a thirty years old frame set, right? Yeah, like bro, my Walmart bike is hundred dollars. It does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get. It. On one side, I get it. On another side, it's a it's a little piece of history, you know. You're buying. Yeah. Uh, but the amount of hype around that special frame set got completely out of control i mean yeah. the hashtag countdown track on instagram is full so yeah there's there's a lot of hype that of course raised the price of that special frame set you can still find some sometimes 
they tend to come out I don't know like I don't know five a year or, no not mm. really sure but I don't see that much on eBay anymore no and yeah there's even replicas of it like Corey York for example right yeah Corey York is making I mean let's not call it a replica let's call it a heavy inspired replica frame set <laughs> <laughs> That that's like the political talk. How to get around the topic? <laughs> it's not <laughs> but, no, not not trying to get around, but that was a, I think Kendo. I think it's a Korean shop, and they made basically a candle track replica. It was even like the you know the drill pouts that go further than the okay. actual uh, seat stays. In their description, they were like, "Oh, we got heavily inspired by a really popular '90s track bike." You know. Not saying that it was a candle track replica, yeah. but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's for for the average person, for most people, they cannot get their hands on the original one, whether it's because of the price or because of av availability. So those things are the next best option, then I suppose. Yeah, uh, if you're um, if you're running a candle track today, honestly, good for you, and just try to not destroy it because I tend to see people in the social medias they're try to act super cool by saying yeah dude i'm ripping my candle track around this daily i'm gonna destroy it i don't care whatever yeah just i don't know just yeah. don't do that <laughs> no one no one will be like congratulating you on finally yeah, destroying 100 <laughs> it's just a shame uh yeah so yeah candle tracks could cool bikes but yeah we'll move on to to the next section i guess yeah, so this section is formed by bikes that are much more difficult. I mean, the candle track is difficult as well, but these ones are also very difficult to get and are not produced anymore. And yeah, these are dream bikes that might be tougher to fulfill in the end. Yeah. The first bike we received from a user is the Tachyon Super Sport. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty insane looking bike. So if you guys don't know the Tycoon Super Sport, uh, so Tycoon was made in the USSR, right? Yeah, uh, Ukraine. Which, yeah, which is now Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the part of USSR that is now Ukraine. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, the Tycoon Super Sport is the kind of bike that the handlebar is actually on the top of the fork. So you have that super, super low position. And it's usually paired with some fluid disc, you know, the disc wheel that looks like wood, but it's actually not wood. It's like Kevlar. It's like a yeah. weird mix of Kevlar, right? Those are good looking. Yeah. Like, especially when like the sun hits it perfectly and you can like see through it to the other side. Yeah. It looks wild. Um, the only, yeah. So this is a really cool dream bike to have. It is really unconventional and out of this world, I would say, like with the handlebars being right above the, the rim and everything, if you have the full uh, set, of course. Uh, Amy Danger on Instagram has this exact frame set with the fluid disc uh, wheels, and it looks amazing. I don't yeah, know about riding it. Really in, good. I don't know about riding it outside, but it looks really cool. Well, someone told me that when you ride it and when you're on the top of those uh, really long bullhorns, right? Yeah. It's like being in the drops, you know, when you're like at the bottom of the, of the drops. Oh, yeah. It's like kind of the same position. I guess it's even a little bit lower. Yeah. But those are some insane looking bikes. Yeah, you're right. They just look out of this world. It's, yeah, it's like it's like back then when anything anything worked. Everyone was yeah. just experimenting, right? Back then but. when UCI was like, yeah, that, that works. And now UCI <laughs> is like, no, you can't jump while doing BMX. That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you cannot pedal too fast. That's illegal. <laughs> so now all these regulations, they, they, yeah, regulations also like stops innovation, I suppose. But it, it's, it's still cool. Do you think it stopped innovation? I'd say in, in it doesn't stop innovation. It makes innovation takes a different path, I guess. It, like without the regulations, innovation would have more freedom to explore things that work and don't work. But yeah, with regulations, uh, with regulations, like if it says a bike needs a top tube, then every bike will have at least these basic 
things, right? So you cannot change those at all, even though you might have an idea. So of yeah. course, it, the regulations are there for a reason to some extent, but they will not result in bikes looking like the Tachyon Super Sport anytime soon. Yeah, I think uh, I think Specialized released uh, a frame recently that is not UCI legal because it is just too light. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Um, the Atheos or something like that? Yeah, yeah, the super expensive one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I remember it, by the super expensive one. Atheos Pro, I think it's like 15,000 euros as well. Yeah, and it's not UCI legal because it's, I think, too light. Because yeah. you have a weight limit that you can't go under a certain weight. Yeah, I think the UCI now is like, I don't know, six something. And the frames, the frame for the specialized Athos is five hundred forty-five grams. The frame. Yeah, the frame. Oh my god, that is that is scary. <laughs> so like, if if you just hold it, in, you can hold it in your pinky finger, basically. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. Okay. Okay, on to the next one, and that one is from Kang actually. So Kang's dream bike would be a lugged Chapman Cycles track frame. Yes, uh, this Good is a choice. really interesting. Um, <laughs> again, so Kang, being a frame builder at CFAC, he probably knows a lot of these more obscure, well, at least to me, obscure frame builders. I've never heard of Chapman, but Chapman uh, frame building is from Rhode Island, the smallest state in the US, and they make some fantastic steel bikes. And... I looked at some of the pictures and they look really high quality as well. I mean, I don't have the frame builder's eye to, to say that, of course, but they look great. And I think it's a really cool choice that most people probably haven't thought of. Yeah, and I think it will release on Monday. But Les, uh, past Les Biddled, uh had an interview with uh, the boss of Chapman. And so you can find that on YouTube. It will be in the show notes. Yeah, so that's like perfect timing as well then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a it's a good choice, the track steel frame. I think it's you you can see it right now into custom steel frames, right? So coming back on the Tachyon Super Sport, it has like that crazy geometry. But apart from that, it's really basic and rough, right? Yeah. Um but when you see actual steel frame building, they put so much effort into details and smoothing everything and that everything just looks so clean from any, anybody's eyes, right? And when you look a little bit more into it, you can see like little details, little, little custom pieces. Everything is painted. Everything has been smoothed out. I feel it's kind of the actual trend into custom still frame building. Is like little small things that will make the difference, right? Yeah, and they all add up in the end, these tiny yeah. details. So the next one is by Bird King, and he wants a Timer Mayor track. And those are good-looking bikes. They're kind of like the archetype of I am a big aluminum aero bike, right? Yeah. And yeah, they look they look good. Uh, kind of hard to find recently. I feel like a few years back you could find some on eBay or on forums, and now it's getting a little bit more hard to harder to to get some right uh, but this looks good i know there is two at um the mashes have shop one white a white one and black one uh, because you know it's the one with the gt logos on it yeah uh yeah and those are good looking bikes they're like they're really aero right and i think you can still find the road version for pretty cheap though yeah, so like these ones are their like signature yeah, signature aspect is that they have these super thin uh bladed tubes bladed tubes. Yeah. Which makes it arrow, of course. And like nowadays you can see on on a lot of bikes, but this was I don't know, like fifteen years ago or something like that. Probably more even. I think it was like mid nineties. Damn. So that's like really innovative back then as well. Yeah. Carbon fork and really really aero thick uh i mean thin or thick depends how you look at it but uh <laughs> aluminum tubing right yeah so yeah those are those are good looking bikes kind of hard to find at the moment 
but yeah, if if you look good enough, I feel like you can find you can probably find one for a decent price. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next bike we received as a response is the Heavy Pedal Zephyr by Diego. So the Heavy Pedal Zephyr is, yeah, it, it's a great looking bike, but it's like many things. It's a love it or hate it bike. I think it has. Uh, multiple colors and the most striking aspect is its flames which if some people might think is super cool while others might think it's childish or, or goofy or whatever i think it's super nice looking bike i like it a lot <laughs> yeah so actually two years ago when i was in tokyo i saw someone with this frame set and he parked it outside and i took a picture and, and i it was i was really like shocked by how cool it is and i sent it to paul and it turns out that you built that bike at the bike shop you work at, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, wait, I know that bike because it has, like, two <laughs> red rims, which at the time was not that common. And it was like, oh, yeah, I, I built that for a customer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the shop uh, we I used to work, we, we used to have, like, the, the complete Heavy Pill lineup. Uh, by the way, Heavy Pill, what are you doing? Are you, <laughs> is, it, is everything on standby? I kind of want to know. I have no um, idea either. Yeah, Maybe it's a shame, but yeah, but those yeah. were great looking bikes. At the end, they're old Colossi, old Colossi, and they've been repainted and rebranded. But yeah, those were good looking bikes, definitely. And unfortunately, also pretty difficult to find nowadays. Yeah, because I feel like people that got it, they're kind of keeping it because it's such a unique paint job. Uh, I think there is like, I remember there was two different colors, there was like a red, green, and yellow fade kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, a light pink to light yellow was orange in the middle, I think. Yeah, um, that's like the real fire looking, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both look good. Uh, but yeah, I feel like people that got it, they're just keeping it. <laughs> they know so, what they have. <laughs> yeah, I know what I have, bro. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Colossi still makes frame sets in the Netherlands still. And I I believe one, I think the steel ones are made in the Netherlands and the... The aluminum, aluminum. ones are made in China, yeah. Yeah, so the steel ones can can still be bought and they have good paint shops as well. So you could, you could maybe try to replicate it if you wanted to. Yeah, but ordering from Colossi, Colossi is a hustle, man. Their website or their Instagram page, like their communication in general is, let's get it straight, like pretty bad, right? So yeah, ordering from them is 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 pretty hard. That's <laughs> <laughs> a shame. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe it changed now, but their website looks like pretty modern and everything, and they still post on Instagram. But yeah, I I, I imagine they could be pretty busy, especially nowadays. Yeah, hundred percent. I I'm wondering if they're if they're just more into producing like city bikes and other stuff and not completely focused on track bikes or road bikes at the time, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they were making some pretty good stuff. They're still making some pretty good stuff. And yeah, if they could come back stronger on the market, it'd be great, I feel. Definitely. Because we need more European uh, mass-produced frame, I feel. Yeah, there's lots of options. There, there's many options here, but I think the like the American ones they become they get most of the attention. Yeah, you lucky Americans. Fifty <laughs> percent um, of our audience, though. <laughs> Hi guys. Howdy. Hi guys. <laughs> Howdy, partner. Um, and finally, the last response we received that fits in this category is the I will kill the name is the. Cervelo T1 or Cervelo T1 or Dentist yeah, Bike. David Gamo. Yeah. And <laughs> so this bike is a mean looking track bike. This is like the bike that I think is the most deserving of just being in the velodrome. It's, yeah, it looks it, it looks good. It looks it awesome. Look it has like that really, really nice aero feature in the front. Bright red paint and it's a Cervelo. It's it's written all over it, right? Like big yeah. red frame was the big white servo logo <laughs> cannot miss it cannot miss it <laughs> but yeah it was already expensive at the time and i feel like 
especially in the last two, three years, it got really, really rare and desired. So I don't know if it's social medias or something else, but I feel like more and more people are trying to get it. What I see a lot in France and on social media, especially Instagram, is people are going to buy whatever size they can find and then try to trade it for their actual size. Hmm. That's nuts. That is just to get that frame. But yeah, it's a good looking bike. Uh, Servo T1. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great. It's a great looking bike. Uh, I don't know if you remember the brand Centurio, but they kind of tried yes. to and do the same thing. And yeah, they never had the same success. Korean, right? I think in the end. The no, it was French. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it damn. was a French brand. Okay. I think they sponsored, well, they sponsored uh, some, uh, some guys on Instagram and they also sponsored a French Criterium team who had the bright idea to rebrand every bike and put their name on it <laughs> rather than Centurio, right? That's the kind of fuck you to Centurio. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah, they just slowly died out and kind of feel sad about that though because they were great looking bikes. Yeah, they were. So yeah, the Servolo T1, good looking bike, great dream frame material, I feel. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the next category... So the final category are bikes that are more easily easily attainable nowadays. So yeah, you can find them more frequently online or maybe even from the producers themselves, etc. And the first bike is the Cinelli Vigorelli, of which there are multiple versions even. Yeah, so many different versions if you count all the Red Hook Crit versions. Yeah, they're steel, aluminum, and... This, I mean, I haven't seen it uh, recently, but I imagine it's not that difficult to get if you're really determined to find anyone, any version, I guess. Yeah, and it's the Cinelive Vigorelli is such a great bike. I mean, either in the steel or the aluminum version, both really, really great geometry. It's, an, it's a nice bike to begin with. You can find some on the used market for pretty cheap. Mm. And yeah, I mean, my favorite is the Kalideo, the one with all the yeah. colors and the glitch effect on the logo. That one's I th- pretty good. I think it's probably most people's favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the Vigo Rosa, the classic HSL, um, the special Chrome Edition one that was limited, all the limited Red Hook, Red Hook versions that look so good, and probably another one like black and yellow and some others but yeah they they're good looking frames you can find a lot on the on the used market and you can even buy them new i think you can buy the hsl aluminum one and the vigorelli steel from your local retailer yeah and and just recently i think like two years ago Ginelli released the the one with the shark fin at the oh, bottom yeah. bracket right oh yeah that's also a vigorelli yeah yeah, so, so disappointed about that. Yeah, it's a sorry, sorry, Sinelli, but Sinelli's never gonna sponsor this show. We <laughs> <laughs> don't talk shit about them. <laughs> the the shark fin was such a great idea, right? It was like yeah. coming back to the laser, like making a nice little homage and thing. I don't know if you remember, but what we saw in the picture and what people got was the welds all over the place on the fin. People were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's kind of disrespectful. But you know what? It's still popular. People are still buying it. It's, yeah. And they even released a, a new black version. <laughs> like the Cinelli Laser is like an, it's a historic piece, a track frame. And it was handmade in Italy and everything, right? Yeah. And then this one is it's like mass produced in Taiwan. And like the, yeah, the welding isn't perfect. It's kind of... Yeah, it's not, not even close to the same thing. I yeah. I don't think it's right. I feel like even if it was only for the shark, right? If it was yeah. only for that mole, you could have been the extra step and smooth those welds. Definitely. It's kind but, of sloppy. Yeah. If you own a Vigole shark, it's definitely a good looking bike. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's a nice Nelly. Uh, I'm just a little bit mad at Nelly for not going all out on it, kind of. Definitely. Because it's like, what, $800? 
yeah, for the Chinelli price, you would uh, you would assume that it would be more or less perfect um, yeah. manufacturing. So yeah, uh, but Vigorillis in general are good looking and good handling bikes, 100%. Yes. All right, on to the next one. So um, another person replied with multiple dream bikes, rather <laughs> like a dream uh, bike collection. So he says Omnium CXC, Omnium Cargo, and the Mash Steel. And then he adds, if you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> so I assume, yeah, if you have Omnium CXE, it does everything. Omnium Cargo does even more. And then the MASH deal, if you know, you know. Does everything, uh, but with style. <laughs> with MASH. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is also a cool collection, I think. These are attainable. Omnium, they blew up. They started with cargo bikes, and then they blew up in recent times. And yeah. they moved into a bigger warehouse and everything this year, or last year, I think. Yeah. Um, the CXC is only they release them I think three times a year, and they sell out really fast as well. They're really very cheap mm -hmm. uh, compared to other uh, bikes out there, and they're great. Yeah, Omnium, you're making good stuff. Props to you yeah. guys because hell yeah, the the last CXC colors looks nice. The the last cargos looks nice. Um, the all the that titanium madness is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah danish company good to say yeah yeah and all of that in europe which is yeah amazing really yeah but yeah i've I've tried like an omnium cargo from a friend and it handles so nice so you know it's the it's the bigger one the long yeah. version right it's just handle like a normal bike when it's empty and when you put weight on it it's actually pretty easy to handle comparing it to, for example, a bullet, you know? Yeah. Uh, those have like a real low center of gravity. So if you put heavy, like a lot of weight onto it, I guess the bullet is easier. But with a, an Omnium cargo, it's, so it's like it's such a nice cargo and it feels really like a regular bike. It's not some, not easy to accomplish that. Yeah, cargo bike. 100%. The, 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 the geometry is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, for the one of the first people we talked about, so the 25-year-old messenger from Paris, he wanted the custom CFAC, but he had another dream bike, which is the Argon 18 carbon track frame. So Argon 18 is a Canadian company, and they have a wide range of bikes, both road, gravel, etc., and track frames. And the Argon 18 is, I believe it's also still available fairly uh, easily or not, but yeah, they come at a certain price, being carbon and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on Argon 18, to be honest. I've never seen one in real life. But... Never, I've seen some, and I mean, they're good carbon bikes. You can buy them pretty easily, I feel. They're yeah, just and... regular carbon bikes. I mean, the fact that it's Canadian is maybe a plus, I guess. Yeah. Um, so there's multiple carbon uh, track frames, and one of them, they have like their own versions for like time trial on the velodrome, and then they also have a more... I would say relaxed, like casual track frame as well. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, are so, good looking. So, and they're yeah. for a fully carbon bike, they're not that super expensive, right? No, I think, I think like the, the cheaper tra carbon track frame, that one's only like 800, 900, 1000 or so. Yeah. Like around, I think. I, yeah, don't quote me on that, but it's, it's a cool choice, I think. Yeah, cool bike. Okay, the next choice is by Ioli, and he wanted Brooklyn Machine Works Gangsta. 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 And if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have been, yeah, you can always try. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard finding one for a reasonable price. And now you can just buy one right out of Japan. Uh, because W Base, uh, the shop in Tokyo, uh, bought Brooklyn Machine Works and they're now producing them in Taiwan. So the V4 of the Gangster Frame is available. Uh, they're making, I think they're making small batches though. I think it's like 30 at a time. And yeah. they usually sold out in half an hour. That's, that's crazy fast. So, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Machine Works bikes, they have a long history as well. So it makes sense that people would would jump on them if once they start reproducing again. 
reproducing. Yeah, yeah once they start producing more. <laughs> um, it's a cool frame. It's it's more like it's originally it was produced for like New York streets, right? Like yeah, more, New York more relaxed and, yeah. and fixed gear, freestyle related. And uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a cool looking frame. And you know what? I'm glad that they released it again. Even if it's mass produced, you have no problem against that, really. But I'm glad that they did it again because now I can just see more pictures of the of like new builds of Brooklyn Machine Works and some people really go crazy on them. I saw a red one with like a disc zip on the back, some risers and a disc, I think, no, uh, a zip 808 on the front. So there's like crazy builds and you know what? I'm glad that people do that and people are able to do that it's always nice to see like more pictures and more content of crazy stuff definitely sometimes yeah it's easy to like with the candle track and social media it's, it's people want it because of like the hype and everything and, and also because it's a cool frame by itself but i think especially with like fixed gear stuff people sometimes get really influenced by what others are doing yeah so it's nice that something some things are more unique than others as well it's good to see um, and the f one of the final responses we're going to be talking about in this episode is by a person whose dream bike is a standard Umlaufbahn deep space black frame set. So standard or, or standard, I don't know, is, is a German <laughs> is a German company that has a, a nice range of bikes, road bikes, track bikes, etc. And this one is they're re-releasing it. I believe the next production is in August 2021. For around 700 euros and it's a really good looking bike it's black and then the logo is in this like looks like space deep space yeah like the name and yeah i think that's a good choice as well yeah look it's a good looking bike i'm happy that they're reproducing it and uh there is a uh, that guy on instagram ericsson he recently got one and i think he wants to get it under six kilos so he's going all out on like super light parts, I guess. He even stripped the paint. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> every gram counts. <laughs> like the website of Standard, they, they advertise this bike. So this is a pretty like um, conventional aluminum. and But they advertise it as being ultra lightweight with the, a medium frame coming in at 1.5 kilos, 1,550 grams. And just for reference, the Specialized Athos, the frame, was 500-something uh, grams. So like a third of this one. Wow. But if you put it that way, it's insane for a road frame set. A road frame, rather. And But this one, yeah, for aluminum, it's also very, very light. And it looks good. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, if you put it that way, the, the stripping the paint is kind of a shame as well. It's a really cool paint. Yeah, because so. the frame has like so many nice little details on it, right? Yeah, yeah. And on the website, on their website, you can like zoom in all the spots and see the details and stripping all of that seems like, like there's a rocket ship on the chainstay on the inside. That's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess stripping it makes you faster as well in a sense. Yeah. Uh, what is your dream bike? So my dream bike is the number 22 Little Wing. I'm not unique in this aspect as as some other people have this one as well. But yeah, dream bike would be that one. At least I tell that my, I tell myself that now. Who knows what my dream bike will be if I get this. And this kind of leads to another response that we should just probably discuss in this episode, which is by Babyface Kev, who says, I say, never buy your dream bike. Your dreams will only get wilder and more unattainable. And I think he has a point. Yeah, this. he definitely has a point there. Uh, I kind of share that point of view because, yeah, I mean, for a long time, even for you, right? Uh, my dream bike was a Cannondale track. Yeah. Uh, I got my Cannondale track. I paid a lot of money for it and I was super happy with it. I rode it a lot. Uh, I left it in Japan when I came back to France and it is still in Japan. I hope to get it back one day. But... You know, you get your dream bike. You're like, holy shit, that, that's it. That's the thing. It's in my hands. And you're like, okay, what okay. now? 
<laughs> like you just look at the like, scroll through Instagram as you're holding it at the Cannondale track. Whoa, that's a titanium bike. I need that. Yeah, like, that, was, that was basically me to, you know, to say. So, yeah, you got yeah. you got that Cannondale, and then you were like, okay, I want a little wing now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I got the Cannondale track. It's an awesome bike. It rides really well. It's it's super cool. But once I had it, I don't know. I didn't feel satisfied, and that might be a common thing with collecting whether it's bikes, cars, shoes, whatever, you always want to get something better. And this kind of leads me to, it's a a bit related, but I learned about this guy I was reading about him. It's a French social psychoanalyst, Jacques Lacan. Okay. And he's from the 19th, uh, 20th century. And he has these concepts about like desire and desire in, in life. And one thing that he says is that in life, what makes life worth living is enjoyment. And those who don't usually um, enjoy or have enjoyment in life, they kill themselves. That's what his words. And for him, enjoyment is not getting getting the thing that you want, whether it's an expensive car or whatever, or a relationship or experience. It's the experience, the journey of reaching that point. That's what That's what makes life worth living. So like, the struggle and the and the pain and the, the all the effort that went into into the goal that you want that's what makes life worth living because if you eventually obtain this object or objective that you want you will not be it will like resolve your pain and struggle and effort but you will not be satisfied there's always a next thing that you should be there's always for. a next step right if you yeah if you have everything you want in life then it's kind of boring yeah, this is kind of boring. You need nothing to struggle for, nothing to work for anymore. It's that's also kind of a bit unrelated, but that's also why I'm thinking of reti- like think of retirement. Isn't that kind of boring in the end? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'll think differently after forty years. <laughs> but, well, when you retired, we can we can do podcast every day. <laughs> episodes every hour. Uh, <laughs> no. Live stream. But yeah, so I think this guy, the French guy, he has kind of a point that it's nice to have a goal and to work towards the goal. And even, yeah, a dream bike is kind of like that, maybe. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, what's your dream bike? So my dream bike's kind of coming back on the fact that it's better to never own your dream bike. So there is that guy on Instagram, at Slowleak, and I think his real name is Sean. Um, he has that custom made, uh, looks like a specialized because there is specialized written all over it, but it's not specialized. I think, I mean, I don't know so much about that frame, but it just looks awesome. And I just love every pictures of it. Right. Yeah. But I don't want it. I want him to keep it and just continue writing it and makes more pictures. Sean, if you're listening to me, please more pictures. I want more pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that frame looks so good in his hands. Probably not in mine, right? At some point I was really looking for something similar. I was like, yeah, I want that red specialized still track frame and I want to make something similar. And I was like, no, actually not. I'm, I just want that guy to continue writing his um, specialized or whatever and taking pictures of it and every time you post a picture I'm like damn that's a great looking bike I want it but I really don't want it at the same time <laughs> yeah like some things are just better kept in their like own context or by the in the hands of the their own people right? yeah 100% so yeah that's kind of my dream bike I guess <laughs> uh, it, I don't know yeah it's just good looking bike that is way better off in the ends of that guy rather than mine it's yeah so again like another a bit unorthodox uh answer to the question right because yeah i guess so. some people some people just want a bike some people like you they they want to have they want a bike but also don't want the bike and some people just want yeah anything so yeah say. it's really up and down and it's cool to see as well yeah. Not just Candle tracks. <laughs> I guess if if one day he just he's just like, 
yeah, I, I think I'm done with that frame. Uh, I'll put it for sale. Then I'll try to get it. But I'm not going to go out of my way and DM him and like, oh, dude, I really like your frame. Uh, please allow me to buy it. I think I just, yeah, I, I'll just wait until he's done. And he's never done. Well, good enough, you know, fair enough for him. I'm happy that he's writing it, really. Hmm. Yeah, it's also a good, good positive way to look at it then. Yes. Yeah, and I guess this is pretty much all we have time for today. That was a pretty good episode, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything we talked about, because we talked about a lot of frames, uh, everything will be in the show notes. Uh, you can find us, and I will plug that first this time. We have a Discord server, and we have... A good amount of activity on there so you guys uh, feel free to join uh, it's a lot of fun and we have uh intelligible conversation on there so <laughs> yeah uh, you guys should definitely join the discord server there is also of course the slow spin society blog uh and my personal instagram underscore poll underscore you and if you have any question or you just want to say hi you can email the show at slow spin society podcast at gmail.com the music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Amaria and the illustration is by Julia Joe on Instagram. You can support us by sharing the show to anyone really and giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. And if you want to have access to the extended cut of the podcast, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast. Pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. Thank you to all our Patreons. Really, you guys are awesome. And yeah, that, that's about it for this week. Yeah. So we'll see you all next week. Same time, same place. Yeah, same episode. See you guys next week. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye.